0: to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. May he who began this amazing work in you bring it through until completion. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit today and always, so be it, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Hey, this morning I have the privilege to introduce um, the man who's bringing the word this morning, Pastor Jonah Ka'uva. Many of you guys know him. Some of you guys don't. So he is, they've been in our church just recently, but they've been in our family for a long time. Pastor Jonah has been pouring into the men through our men's ministry. He's been the last couple years especially really feeding uh, our youth and, and is leading our kids in their mission trip to Molokai. And today he's never we preached at our church before, but we're excited because when you, when you spend five minutes with Jonah, he's one guy, you don't leave that conversation the same person. He's got that much Jesus in him. So are you guys ready for the Jesus that's inside Pastor Jonah here this morning? Because I sure am. Give him a warm welcome as he comes up. Thank you for this privilege. Wow. So yeah. Okay, um, you guys got the video from the first service, roll them what was was really that good no okay I guess I gotta preach (laughs) wow if you guys can put up the picture even though I wanted it at the end initially it worked out really well in the first service but here's my introduction you guys the world's worst of the worst and uh, you guys know a, a, a pretty popular sportscaster by the name of Keith Oberman. but prior to him uh, being a sportscaster, he had a political show uh, that he had called The Countdown uh, with Keith Oberman on, on MSNBC, and every day he would highlight who he believed was the worst person in the world, and so he had the worst, if you guys see the pictures, you got the worser, and then you got the main guy in the middle who's the worst. And uh, I've never used this picture before, but since we're talking about the Jesus Joyride today, I just wanted to show you a picture of my joy ride. Back in 2007, we were trying to get then, I was the deputy chief of staff for then uh, Lieutenant Governor Duke Iona, and we were trying to get him into office, and uh, some crazy people put the seed inside of me. Hey, Jonah, you should be the Republican Party chairman for the state of Hawaii, and, I looked at them and said, nah, no way, man. I, you, that's, that's crazy. And, um, and my wife was absolutely against it at the same time, too. Wasn't super political at that time. I had political opinions. Thought that uh, my faith was uh, one directional. And so um, uh, I prayed about it. Went to sleep one morning. And God told me, you'll be the Republican Party chairman. And I said, ha no way, bro. You better tell her. And... Um, <laughs> And he did like six weeks later, she rolled over and she goes, you know, what? I think we need to do this for our family. And, and at that time, it meant giving up our near $200,000 a year salaries that we had combined. Uh, it was a full-time volunteer position. Uh, so I looked at it as the missions field. Well, I, man, they need Jesus in politics. Turn on the TV every single day. That's one place that needs real missionaries. Uh, people are being affected and what they come up with on, on a daily basis is crazy. But um, I, why I came up on the worst of the worst is, is we had had uh, problems here in Hawaii. I wrote a letter, sent it to the pastors, which I had 500, 600 of them on my emails because I was really close uh, at, the, at the lieutenant governor's office. I was a liaison uh, to all of the pastors of the state of Hawaii. So I sent out an email uh, with them uh, and it hit the other side of the press and it just went haywire 72 times in 48 hours internationally my name and uh, my persona came up across at age I don't know how old I was at that time 36 ah let's say about 36 30 34 something like that in between that age and uh, boy did I receive some persecution uh, and in the end, I was asked to leave the Republican Party primarily uh, because I refused I refused um, not to pray in the name of Jesus. They would always tell me, you don't have to use the name of Jesus at the end of your prayers. I just felt convicted at that time where I was in my faith. And you can do whatever you want to do, but he's my Savior. So I changed my prayers because they said I can't pray in Jesus' name. So I said, in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, when I prayed. So uh, they asked me kind of pleasantly, but not so pleasantly because it was done in the press to lead the Republican Party. So if you're offended by me once being a Republican, i pray for you. Um, if you're a Democrat, i pray for you. And if you're a Republican, I pray even harder for you. Because um, our identity, we're talking about the Jesus joy ride today, you guys. Our identity can be in him and only in him. And I'm going to tell you, if I kept on the road that I thought I was going to be going, by this time I would have all kinds of things and this much understanding of who Christ is. This much. Plenty of us, I don't know about you, but a lot of us, and and, and I've done this, and I'm not saying that this, but we read the Bible without asking God for the experience of who He is. So we get plenty Christians that get head knowledge, but no heart knowledge of who Christ is. And so I had experienced him in the real way. My wife took a beating in the midst. She'd been work, she's been working uh, in state government now for 25 plus years. She had been attacked. Uh, her pay got docked a couple times. I mean, talk about the persecution that we received in the midst of our faith. It was awesome, you guys. It wasn't awesome then, but knowing what I know now, I would never give it up. Never give it up. You guys wouldn't see me over here. You wouldn't see... The ministry, the rich ministry that we have on Molokai. I've been Our ministry to date, and I didn't say this in the first service, but our ministry to date has saved thousands. Thousands of people have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, received them as their Lord and Savior, and thousands of people have received gifts, gifts of tongues, the discovery of who they are in Christ, and all kinds of different things because of the joy ride that I'm still on, you guys. So today we're going to talk about the Jesus Christ joyride. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. And, uh, and once I'm done praying, the message is over. You guys can all go. No, just kidding. I get about another three hours with you guys. Um, Lord, we thank you for this day. Uh, we know that you made this day special because of the majesty and the power and the understanding of you, our Lord. As I'm looking out upon all of these souls, Lord... Not everybody of this church is here today, but the people that you wanted to be here to hear this message have arrived, Lord. Lord, we know that not everybody's sitting here. This is their home church, Lord. They could be visiting from someplace, but you had the intention for them to arrive today, Lord. Whatever the seat is, Lord, we take advantage of the goodness of who you are in this moment today right here, Lord. And come with the expectancy of the supernatural and the miraculous person of who you are, Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit to do your work in each and every one of you, us here today, Lord. And I, Lord, as as your speaking head today, Lord, I relinquish my thoughts, Lord. I relinquish my lips, Lord. I even relinquish my paper and and the things that I plan, Lord, so that you can speak exactly what you need to speak to your people here today, Lord. You love us, beyond what we could ever understand. And so in that, Lord, as Pastor Rick was saying, in that love of of a child, we're a child of of God, we're children of God, Lord, we sit here today in the majesty of of who you are, Lord, with our hearts open to receive. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So Jesus, joy ride, you guys. Jesus, joy ride. I just want to recap because I'm not here every weekend. As Pastor Mark said that, That we are often on Molokai. That's where our ministry is. If any of you guys want to, you guys undecided on what you do, we can use help on Molokai too uh, in ministry. and, And it will bless, definitely bless the children when they come to Molokai. But what, what we've experienced in the word in the last week, the, the awesome part I told Pastor Mark is like, oh, it's just a setup what you and dad did in the last couple of weeks. In Philippians 1, uh, Pastor Mark talked about pupule people. And what is pupule for all of you guys who know the Hawaiian language? That means crazy. That means that you're not normal. And one uh, Christian should be pupule you should be able, we should be easily able to pick you out in a crowd or pick you out in a room or pick you out in a conversation because of what you say. If I'm around people, I'll know because of what comes out of their mouth whether they pupule or not, on what side they are and what's their, what's their religion. Is it a religion of intelligence or is it a religion of God? I'll know. You give me enough time with you. I'll pick that out of you. So that's what pastor was saying in that is, is we need to be Pupule. Crazy uh, needs to be our normal on a daily basis. Then Pastor Rick came around last week, and man, that's a, that's a great part of the Word. He was doing Philippians 2, and, and, and he talked about the goat. And you did talk about Tom Brady. I See, I went to Boston College, you guys, which gives me, which gives me the ability to speak in Pidgin. I'm just letting you know. And Pidgin, if you don't know, that's the... The whatever you guys don't understand if you're not from Hawaii, that's what I'm speaking right now. And it's a Holy Spirit language because when I say the kind, you got to go, oh, okay, <laughs> right? Oh, the, the kind, yeah, right? Oh, That's all Holy Spirit. So pastor talked about the goat, the greatest of all time. We get human measurements of the greatest of all time. But the one who came in human form that was the greatest of all time, his name is Jesus His name is Jesus. There is none comparable to the work that he did when he was here on this. And that's why we're all sitting here today. That's the one that we need to seek for. Yeah, we get entertained by Tom Brady, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, Catherine Hepburn, whatever we brought up in the message last week. You can tell I'd watch your message. I passed off. But the goat of goats, the greatest of them all, is Jesus Christ. And he lives inside of us. Well, if you believe, right? Not, not everybody yet, but we'll take care of that. So we need to step into the greatness. We need to step into the greatness of who God is. So, how to live it out? That's what it is today. We're going to be talking about in Philippians 12 through 13, when Pastor Rick sent me, he says, Hey, Jonah, you want to preach? And here's the verses you can choose from. Like, you guys don't even understand. Like, Philippians... 12 and 13. That's like some of my favorite. That's the juicy stuff. And I was like, wow, I get to share with them on how to live it and how been, I've been able to live it. It's a joy ride. Our lives in Jesus should be a joy ride. And let me define it for you. What a joy ride is. It's a life that is a reckless ride. The worship team said reckless. <laughs> the reckless ride in a vehicle you didn't pay for. And you, did, you do it completely for, for sheer enjoyment. So you are reckless in why you're riding. You're in a vehicle that you didn't pay for. And you're doing it for complete enjoyment. That's Christianity. You guys, Jesus is in. You never steal the ride, okay? So enjoy is when You steal the car and you go zooming. I, I can remember my brother didn't steal the ride, but one night he was like, hey, Jonah, you want to see how fast my CRV can go? And I'm like, oh, man, come in. My brother is reckless, man. And, and I can remember watching the thing go, 127, and the sh- car started to go like that, and I'm just like, that's what it's like, you guys. To me, we got to be hitting it to 127, Every single moment that we're given the opportunity to do it. Plenty of us, we 15 miles an hour. You guys Sunday drivers in your Christianity. Just driving around and you guys not getting anywhere. It's definitely not soon. Or maybe some of you still parked in the garage. Or you're not even getting into the car yet. Here's the car. Brand new car. already ready for you. Already bought. Paid for by the blood of Jesus. Get it. Such a joy ride. This is good fun, huh, you guys? Um, and then the greatest outcome of, the, of your joy, ride right, is intimacy with God. Man, you get to have this experience. And you get to have them at on price. It's like, take the car. I already paid for it. Take the car. See, in life, where you are seated, in your mind's eye, where you think you are seated, determines what you do and what authority you yield. See, this is called stay seated at all times. So I have here the best representation I could of a love seat. Because your joy ride is just like a love seat. Uh, people don't use love seats anymore, right? I mean, come on, you guys get apartments out there and we couldn't even find a love seat this week. So this is the best we got. This is a love seat, you guys. It's a two-seater. And let me show you the scripture because I'll prove to you that you are in a love seat. So Ephesians 2, 5 through 7, and I use in notes because my wife knows, well, besides working super long hours, uh, cannot memorize. Uh, but my wife knows that if I don't use this, I'm going to wander. So this keeps me on, keeps me on task. So what does what does joy look like? What, where, where, what kind of seat are we seated in? Ephesians 2, 5. 5 through 7 says, Even when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together in Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him, with Christ, when we believed and seated us in heavenly places. Because we are in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know if any of you... See, I was baptized and saved when I was 19. I confessed that Jesus Christ was my Lord. I got baptized. But nobody said, hey, Jonah, you're seated. You get the authority. This is on seat right next to Jesus. You're sitting at the right hand of God. And you're sitting in the seat. It's available for you. The love seat is available for you. But nobody told me. So guess what Satan was allowed to do since I didn't know from 9... Into 2002, uh, he had havoc in my life. Just completely confused. Some of you, you might be like super dogmatic, like religion, thou shalt this and all that kind of stuff. Hey, I was, I was brought up Catholic. I was, I was part of my, my Hawaiian side was part of a Hawaiian congregational church. Man, talk about religious activities in this church. You know, no grace and everything is based upon condemnation. That's not this church, praise God. You guys are in a life-giving place. But that's what, what my Christianity was. Because no, nobody told me where I was seated. And if you don't know where you're seated, and, I, and it's not easy to understand, this is where your spirit is seated. When you said yes to Jesus, you sat down and rest with Christ. we spirit beings that live, that have a mind a will, a soul, and your emotions, and we live in this physical body. I cannot explain to you how it all works, but it's what the Scripture says. And I tell you, that's my source because I know where I sit on a daily basis. And if you don't know where you're sitting, if you actually think, I, I, when I read the Scripture, if I'm saved and, and I cannot, my sin cannot take me out of my seat, then you cannot tell me that I'm not seated. You cannot tell me that. I'm seated for eternity. I'm heaven ready. When you said yes to Jesus, you became heaven ready. But we act like we hell bound. Man, little conviction going on in the house. Pastor stirring it up in here, okay? So joy is where you're seated. It is a love seat. It's you dwelling, abiding, residing in Christ and he in you. You are his child. Of course he would put you in an intimate space right next to him. You're not begging for his attention. You got it. Like when I'd ask God for the visualization of this scripture, he actually showed me that you have access to the breath of God and this exchange directly in the lap of God. Directly. I'm a kahu too. A kahu is like one Hawaiian pastor and, and so we explore these kind of things. You have limitless opportunity. You're in spiritual rest. And you get this great ride for the rest of your life. See, the Jesus joy ride bumper sticker would say this. Don't worry. Don't fear. I am always with you. I have already rode my joy ride so you can enjoy yours. Pretty good, huh? You guys can go, yeah, Pastor. Awesome, man. That was the Holy Spirit. Jesus had his joy ride from humanity into his divinity into eternity. But he had to come for us in his humanity, experience and go through the trials and tribulations, the temptation of his divinity. Once the Holy Spirit came in upon him, the Holy Spirit moved him into temptation, moved him through, into crucifixion, into ascension, into eternity. Masterful, masterful plan. And we say yes to him. That's the car right there. He paid for the car. He paid for the ride. And so now, all of your sufferings, will you suffer? Yeah, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer in the flesh and mostly in your head. But your spirit, once you go, we're going to talk about that in the very end. So this is my definition. I I, was working hard on this, so you guys might be impressed again. So what is Christian joy? Like, what is Christian joy? Christian joy... Is the spiritual jubilation of a believer that my father, my loving father, is working through me despite my circumstances, knowing without a question that absolutely everything will all work out for good. Plenty of us, we are afraid to move. You guys, when I was a Republican Party chairman of the state of Hawaii, my identity was in my position. I'm not going to lie to you. Did I do everything right? Guarantee I never do everything right. But God, somehow he made it all work out for good. When the turmoil came, and a lot of turmoil, I'm going to tell you, the people who had kicked me out of the Republican Party in the end was Christians. Yeah. I mean, who do you expect to attack you? Your own family. There's like, oh, Jonah, you can tone down on the Jesus stuff. I'm like, really? I only me see him when I pray. How come you get a hard time with that? So that was the interesting thing about it. But I'm gonna tell you, you guys, in, in that joy ride, in that moment, as hard and as painful as the persecution was, I had an opportunity to lose a lot of Jonah in the process. And the Jesus that you see coming out through me today is because of that. I wanna go into Philippians too, because you're probably asking yourself is Pastor told us about being crazy. Pastor Rick told us about the greatest servant. Hence, we had our ministry fair last week. So how do I do it? It's a question you got to ask yourself. How do I get the job done? And Paul is beautiful in the way that he's, he sets this up. And he, and he says this in Philippians 2, 12 through 30. I'm going to read 12 through 18. Um, so if you guys want to follow along with me on the screen, and then we'll go into the specifics and we'll be done. Now, since I took about 20 minutes, we get another three hours and 40 minutes okay so then my dear ones 12 just as you have always obeyed my instruction and my enthusiasm not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation see these people in Philippi that he that that Paul is writing to these were his parishioners these are the people that he took care of this was who he shepherds. So they knew. They knew. They were all saved. You got to believe it. And, and so he's talking to saved people. He's talking to the majority of us in this room. And hopefully all of us by the time we're all done. That is to cultivate it. Bring your salvation. Work out your salvation. What does that mean? It doesn't mean work to get your salvation. It means work out the seed of the salvation of Christ that is already planted in you as a believer. See Jesus now lives inside of us. I know we prayed the prayer earlier. And, and our Father who art in heaven. Guess what, our Father who are who's inside of me. We get to pray that prayer now. He's inside of us. We get to release him. The only way to release him is to get over your own identity. Some of you sitting inside of here, and your father, you know, when when your 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 position and your identity as dad or mom or even boss at work has greater authority and greater representation in your personal life than Jesus who is inside of you. And you got to work that out. you got to find a seam inside of that. With our children, that's what we tried to do on our death. We got our son off in South Carolina in Clemson, and we told Zion, you go find your own Jesus. Don't let the limitations that you experience with our Jesus hold you back for finding the fullness of your Jesus. He was at a Navigators conference all day, all this past weekend. And, and he and his closest of friends have taken, this is our eldest son, 19 years old, have taken an oath of celibacy that they're saving themselves and they're holding each other accountable and they're celebrating the power that's in them to hold and restrict themselves from having any contact with the opposite sex until the day they get married. Imagine the gift that they're giving. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't we want our children to be able to have access to that? Then all of the heavy, all of the heaviness, and the things that come with with the previous relationships, and all of the memories, and all of those things. That's what it means to work it out. So he's working it out right now, and he's away from mom and dad, and he's doing it all because we set him up, because he's seen mom and dad work that stuff out. Isn't that cool, you guys? That's why we got to celebrate today. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for His good pleasure. Not your good pleasure. And I remember I was reading of, I, I, I take this off this when I'm intrigued by a word. And so I took Pastor Mark's word and I looked at him in, in different, I looked at him in the Hawaiian Bible and I picked out some stuff. I said, wow, that was good. And, and I read the Message Bible. <laughs> the Message Bible was, was similar to the Hawaiian Bible where it said that, that you're not that important in this stuff that's going on. That Jesus is way more important is what the narrative was saying in Philippians 1. It's really cool. Do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God, so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless, guileless, innocent, and uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of a morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation, among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness, holding out and offering to everyone the word of life. So that in the day of Christ, I will have reason to rejoice greatly because I did not run my race in vain nor labor without results. When I look at this scripture, I think about the lives that our pastors give to us. Pastor Martha, Pastor Rick, Pastor Mark, the lives they give to us. Imagine that they're watching all of us and they're watching us take on the things of life and they're watching, look at Brian and Alyssa watching you guys grow and your family coming about and all of the great things that we've experienced in the people of this church and watching our youth and our kids explore and transform and being able to say, hey, my work wasn't in vain. That, I think, when you unshepherd and you care and you pray for your flock is the greatest thing that you can get is watching your people that you care for do it. And that's our job, you guys, to receive who we are and go, Pastor, your word never fall dead on this guy today. And I'm not just going to be one consumer Christian and eat, 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 and not do anything. That you're out there giving every day, that you take advantage of this beauty and the word and the love and the, and the connectivity and the lokahi that we have at Hope Chapel, at, sorry, Hope New Hope Kailua, I'm an old Hope Chapel guy. He's drinking that from the... Watch the first one. But you guys, it's the love that we have in this place that allows us the freedom and to explore who the Christ is inside of us. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith for the preaching and the message of salvation, still I rejoice and I share my joy with you all you two rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Five principles for your joy ride. Five principles for your joy ride. I was going to sit down the whole time, but I cannot. I, I get I'm too happy to run around. But that the seat is just remember where you're seated. So joy is only found in his purpose. Only found in his purpose. Tony Robbins, I was watching on, on um Facebook, his, I don't know what he's doing, but his, I don't know if you guys, some people are nodding and going. His message is always coming up. Find your purpose, find your why, and live a fulfilled life and all of this kind of stuff. I'm going to break the bank for Tony Robbins right now. Guess what your purpose is? It says it in Scripture right here. It says in Scripture on 13, it said, it is, For it is not your strength, but is God who is effectively at work in you, Both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you longing the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Your purpose is to love. Everybody say, my purpose purpose is to love. love. One more time. My purpose purpose is is to love. That's all your purpose is. Real simple, yeah? And when does love happen? Right now. You're an example of love that I know of. And, and this, might, this might bring clarity to the word works without faith is dead. Because I wasn't Catholic one time. So I understand their need to hold on to that. Let me tell you about a work of faith that I experienced. I was sitting uh, in my joy seat, in my joy joyride seat in an airport, the airport of Moloka, you know, sitting with a couple pastor friends. And I heard the Lord say, Pray for the lady with the cane. And I'm like, ha, oh, brah, i tired. I just had for the last three days, and you like me, and then I look over. Get two ladies sitting over there, just grumpy, tired in my physical being. And, but I hear him say, pray for the lady with the cane. Pray for the lady with the cane. So I see her, I see the first lady, and then there's another lady at the distance. Yikes, I should have prayed for both of them um, now that I'm thinking about it. I walked up to the first lady, because she was just right there. So I'd walk up to her, and I said, Hey, Auntie, you know, my name is Jonah. I'm a pastor, and I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to pray for you. I see you with your cane. Can I pray for your leg? And she goes, Oh, you, I don't want you to pray for my leg. I'm going to Honolulu, because Auntie get cancer. And I said, Okay. And said, Tell me a little bit. She goes, Oh, my dad and mom died of cancer. And, you know, my cancer is this. And, and she just went right down the line for the next five, seven minutes about my cancer, this, and all of these kind of things. And I was like, oh, Auntie, I, I said, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And she goes, yeah, I, I know Jesus Christ. So I said, what you're saying that this is your cancer is impossible because you cannot have light and death at the same place because light always going to give death dirty liquids. And so I told her, I said, but you believe your identity is in, this, is in this thing called cancer, so now it has its effects on you. But the doctor said, I said, I know what the doctor said, auntie, but I said, can I pray with you? And, and so I led her in a prayer of disavowing her connection to this cancer. I said, auntie, in the name of Jesus, you will never say that this is my cancer again. And I said, and, and, and although the doctor told you and you have this belief and, and, and and these things, and she just kept on saying the prayer over and over. This is not my cancer. It's of God. It's of Satan. God is my healer, my redeemer. And Jesus that did the work back then can do the work in me. And so I, I led her to one of those prayers. And then I look at her son sitting next to her and, and her son, Michael. And I said, hey, auntie, you worried about your son, Michael? Huh? She goes, yeah, I worried about him. And I said, okay, auntie. I said, we're going to have him pray. So I had him disavow I'd ask him too. And he said, oh, yeah, hey, if my Grandpa and grandma had died from them, and my mom got them. And I think even her husband, you know, I think had died from cancer. And um, she said, well, why wouldn't I get them? And so I'd pray over him. We'd disavow all of that stuff, and I'd hug her, and i gave her, you know, we'd honey with each other. And she's weeping, and I'm weeping, and, and I'm all like, oh, I shouldn't have been grumpy with you, God, and all that kind of. I'd go sit back with my two pastor friends, and, and, uh, and so this is on Sunday. Tuesday, I get this frantic phone call. One of the pastors calling me up, Jonah, Jonah, you, you're not going to believe what had happened. And, and he had on grapes, grapefruit-sized cancer. And she went back to the doctor. She was telling, the doctors told her that the cancer is the size of one pea. They was able to extract it. And she just like she never had cancer, before. And that's why I should have prayed for the other lady too, right? Why would I even have stopped on just one? That's, that's Jonah's thinking. Why I never pray for the other auntie too? See, I know when I pray that it's not my job to heal, it's his job to heal. So you guys think you're looking for a result. I know when I pray for somebody, they don't always get healed. But you know what? I know when I pray for them, something came off of them. Something was done in the supernatural because I was obedient to listen to the works of faith to pray for that person. And I get stories countless, you guys. I ended up being the, the pastor on Molokai. Hey, it's the pastor. Pray for anybody. You don't care. You believe in God. You, you know whatever. He's going to pray for you. Go talk to the pastor. That, that, that's the reputation that I got. And so... That's the kind of, um, that's the kind of purpose that I had, and I, and that's love, you guys. That's moment to moment love. See, the world says you gotta plan for stuff. It's not bad to plan, but when your planning gets in the way of taking care of God's business right now, then you gotta ask yourself: Was that really the plan? Was that really His plan? I call this. I I I I, I let me, let me share some secret to you guys. The, the pupule Uncle Jonah secret is called Holy Spirit Procrastination. I only wait. I pray on everything. Like something come to mind, I just say Jesus. I just take them quickly to Jesus. Some craziness come. I take them. It says, it's coming up, you guys. It's coming up in the scriptures after 2. It says, pray about everything. It's coming. You guys are going to have a good time. I wish it was me. But nah, nah, I don't. I, I get too much headaches at work. I, I got to. And pray about everything, and say to Jesus, God, show me how to love authentically today. Show me how to live in the purpose of your love. Show me the why of why Christ did so that I can have the experience that you want me to have. Amen. You guys okay with this? We are rocking and rolling. You guys the ones slept long time, so I'm looking at the most beautiful part of our church, right? So, you guys look rested. Number two, joy will be lost when you lose perspective. In verses 14 and 16, all I can tell you is the power behind these verses is don't forget where you're seated. Don't forget where you're seated. Don't let your prison, Paul was in prison, but it didn't imprison his faith. Some of you guys get issues at work and your work has become your prison. Some of you get issues in your flesh and in your health, and it has become your prison. I'll tell you a story. Kahus do moolelo. We would do moolelo and tell you stories all day. My one of my best friends. I was the best man in his in his second wedding. His first marriage, his wife had died of cancer. I'd see pictures of her till the day of her deathbed. You wouldn't see cancer on top of her. She had celebrate the Lord. Every single day. You would think to yourself, God, she was supposed to have gotten healed. But she had saved everybody that came in her path. Everybody. They saw her battle with cancer authentically for like eight years before she passed away. And everyone that came in her prison go, oh my goodness, we know it's this and that about her. She's like, oh no, you don't understand about my Jesus. The joy you see on top of me is my Jesus. Jesus. And so many, I think he told me, like every nurse that ever came had one touch of God that had fallen upon. Every doctor had one touch of God that fame. So, so what is your prison that you in? And how come you cannot turn them around for the glory of God? Have you lost your perspective as Christians? Did you forget that you were seated in the childhood seat, in the power seat at the right hand of God? Have you taken that prison? Paul was like this. We don't know. Some people say it wasn't that bad. It was like luxury because he was a Roman citizen. I don't care. I don't like being in prison. We know parts of him. He was in bad parts of prison. And he'd stay in the prison. Why? Because in the end, the jailer got healed. He got saved, you guys. He received his salvation. In each and every one of us today, we all get our own prisons, we all get our own doubts that we're working through every single day. But is the imprisonment of the life that you're living taking over the power of the Jesus and the opportunity to save? That's my question. Where's your perspective? Be on the seat. Number three, joy is supersized when you persevere. Joy is supersized when you persevere. James... 1, James 1, 2 through 4, consider it all joy, my brethren, my brethren, all joy, right? We're talking about joy. Joy, right? My brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let the endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let it have its results. See, trials and tribulations, the pain that you think you actually feel, what you saw on top of that screen, getting my name plastered, and every single, I mean, on the end, I'd look around, and Shari and I, we probably had these many friends next to us from all of these people. Yeah, Jonah going. And we turn around going, wow, and they was Christians too. Where did they all go? Thank you, God, for that experience. Woo! Man, I cannot even begin to tell you. I count in all joy. I would have been stuck in some office, probably being one powerful, high-end millionaire CEO rather than standing in front of you telling you about the miraculous things of God. Why would I want any of that? Unless I can use that, and trust me, I would take that, and I I would run crazy for the kingdom of heaven. Give it to me, Lord. I'll take them. But one day, some of you, I, I get this, I, I, so I operate more prophetically, right? So I, I get this unctioning right now, and I call this the broke cole spirit. This is the poor person's spirit. I just sense, get people out here that you've been trying to get ahead, and you, you've been trying to make it work in your life, and you get this spirit on top of you that, that you're striving for the money rather than striving for God. And that is taking you off track. It's taking you out of your seat because your identity is in the accomplishment of the money and the position and the authority that comes in the position rather than the authority and the power of Christ that can come with the position. You give it in the name of Jesus. i just going to call it out right now, Lord. Whoever that is, it might be more than just one, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I just pray over whoever that is right now that he will switch that in your spirit right now. That you will take that quick flopping, get yourself back in the seat and that you will understand you and child of God first, and the resources that God will bless you with, and you're going to come back and you're going to tell me, because the, the unction in me is so overwhelming right now. He's, you're going to find out, and he's gonna, and you're going to be like, Pastor, I switched it on there. I went back to my seat. I went off of the seat of CEO. I went back out of the office of entrepreneur. I went off of that seat, and I went back to my seat as a child. And God will bless you. In the name of Jesus, I seal that. I got thrown off on the Holy Spirit by that one. So receive the persecution. You guys receive the persecution. Persevere through the hard stuff. Challenge yourself. If God is saying, go and do something. We want missional church, you guys. We're sending people around the world. If you feel that unction to go and be and go above and beyond who you are, go, you guys. I'm telling you that missions field, that being a missionary in politics was one of the most extraordinary events that I'll never My family and the generations of my family have been changed forever. I would never give it away. None of that. Number four. True joy is shared and celebrated in partnership. So verse 19 through 30, Paul is talking about, hey, I'm going to send Timothy. Timothy's a good brother. Brother, it's like brother, brother, is brother, okay, okay. So I, I, I'm going to send this good man, I'm going to send this good man, and hey, I, I love him, he's, he's on solid, he's a solid guy. And then I'm going to send back uh, ep, 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 ep. He, what pastor said, and, and I'm going to send him back, he came from your church. He'd almost die on the missions getting to me, like hundreds of miles. He'd almost die. But I'm going to send them back to you miraculously healed. See, in my life, I'm going to tell you, I've gotten through it all because I've had partners in this thing called Christianity. I've had people encourage me and and cheering me on. I've had people whose testimonies maybe my little testimony today. I get plenty. Well, maybe my little testimony got you back on that track of, okay, man, I love to pray for people. I love people. I'm going to care for them. I'm going to put my hands on top of people, and I'm going to pray. Uh, Looking at Brother Sivan, we've been accountability partners for, it's like my best friend. We've been accountability partners for 10 years. 10 years. We met at a men's retreat, and we fell in love with each other, and we've been in each other's face, goading each other on to being the goat and the things of Jesus and the things of love like in an extraordinary way, I would never have been able to do that without people like that in my life, and that's what we have here. You guys need those pillars in your life where you know they're gonna cheer you on. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, I've known this guy a long time. He's been my brother for a long time, and we oh boy, we get fun with each other when we start talking scripture and and revelation and all of that kind of stuff. And Jeremy, where's Jeremy? Jeremy is another one of our accountability partners. I love him. You get these partnerships, you guys, that come in in this thing called faith that helps you on your joy ride. Because joy is not always joyful, right? You know, we've, we've diskewed the meaning of love and aloha. You know, if you've been living in Hawaii long a time, aloha ain't aloha anymore. It's not being in the presence of the one who gives life, right? Aloha, it ain't that anymore. And if God is love, the love that everybody talking about out there, it's not the same love. It's not the same joy either. I challenge you to look in the scriptures because when my kids were growing up and Shari and I would pray over them. We used to pray the fruit of the spirit on top of them, right? Uh, Galatians 5.22, we used to pray love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. So we used to pray that over them. I don't know if you guys know it, but hey, it's a fruit of the spirit. You cannot you cannot, once you're a believer, you cannot get rid of the fruit. It's in you. It's part of the spirit. So when Christians, are getting on the side, and Shari's looking at me. When you're a Christian and you ask me for, oh, Pastor, can you pray for peace or pray for self-control? I cannot pray that for you because you already got it all. Now you got to work it out. Somewhere somebody told you, oh, oh you, you got to pray. No, you work it out. That fullness of who Jesus is inside of you. It's like, Jesus, give me new wine. We'll give you new understanding. And the wine comes pouring out. Whew, you guys okay? I almost Paul. Which brings me up to the last point. The joy ride is over when he is Paul. What is Paul in Hawaiian? That means finish. That means end. It doesn't go any further. And we'll be talking about this in the scriptures to come in the, in, as we finish up in Philippians, the prize, you guys. We're talking about the prize. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. He knew he was, Paul got his head cut off, you guys. He knew it was coming. And he was excited about that. Imagine that. I fought the good fight, I finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also all who have loved his appearing. Are you part of those that are going to be able to enjoy? And you say, yes, amen, because you saved. Now, if you're not saved, then you better get saved. But that's what we get to look forward to. But until then, because right when you get saved, you don't shoot yourself and end up in heaven. You get work to do, you guys. But what has happened in this society, in this westernized society, it's become a self-indulgent, self-centered, self-sufficient culture. And when I'm looking across the room and all of us, but we need each other. That's why we come to this church. We need each other in order to get our joy ride complete, in order to have joy in the midst of our ride. That's what we're up to here at New Hope Kailua. You guys good? You guys received today? Let's bow our heads and pray. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. We thank you. Lord, as I'm looking out over your people and then you guys have your eyes closed, let's take this time of peace. Lord, I pray that the spirit person, especially the spirit person, had a de- received the deposit of the word here today. A lot of word, Lord, went down today. And Lord, as I'm looking at everyone with your eyes, Lord, I just start to thank you I just, I just see, I see spirits that have been like held down, like clogged up. I feel like there's stuff that's been clogged. Like you've been, it's actually, I'm going to tell you what it's been clogging you. Your intellect has been, you've been trying to understand this thing called Christianity rather than going out. You cannot ask somebody to get to know them by them. Oh, can Jesus, can you text me about who you are? No, you got to have a relationship with him. You got to experience him. I don't wake up in the morning and text my wife when she's sleeping in bed next to me. But that's what we do with our faith, you guys. It's away from us. It's not inside of us. It's not wine bursting out. It's distant from us. It's you. You're seated. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that every head that every understanding here today, know where you're seated. Know that this joy ride and the success of your joy ride is to know where you're seated. You're seated in heavenly places at the right hand in Christ next to God. That's what the scripture says. But Lord, we know that you can't be in that seat unless you believe. What does it take to believe? Well, scripture says, that if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you're saved. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it says if you believe it, you'll confess it. So I don't know if I'm talking to you today, but there's a lot of Christians in the house here today. So for the Christians that I'm talking to you right now, it's time to get out. Stay in your seat. Get out there and do the work of the purpose that you've been called. Let's love. Not tomorrow, right now. In the moment that was guaranteed to us. For everybody else, if you're not saved and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you guys right now. And as all of our eyes, and we're in the midst of this spiritual meditation each and every one of us. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you feel like your life has been upside down, and it's been getting the better of you, I just want a chance to pray with you. Let the pupule, let the crazy pastor pray with you today. You need transformation in your life. You need Jesus. If I'm talking to you, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and all eyes are closed, I promise you. I'm looking out amongst everyone. I want you to look up at me. I want you to look up at me. I want you to look up at me and tell me, as you're looking up at me, that you really want to have that experience of Christ inside of you. And so as I'm looking up at the people that just looked at me, I want us all to, can we just all say a prayer together, you guys? Can Is that okay, Pastor? we okay? In the name of Jesus. Everybody in the name of Jesus. Today is my receiving day. Today. I understand with clarity. That I have a seat. In the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. At at the right hand. Of you. Father God. So today. I confess. That Jesus Christ is my Lord. He is my shepherd. He is my savior. That he is the author and the finisher of my life and of my faith. I depend on you, Jesus. From this day forward, I seek you. I seek your ways. I seek your will. I want to love beyond my own understanding I want to love in an extraordinary way I want to love so that the world will know you I pray this in the name of Jesus and everybody say God bless you thanks for receiving me today I love you all